Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's the Points in the Pain podcast emergency episode. <laughs> Zach Badger House. I'm Ben Wittenstein. <laughs> and you know me. You just said it. I'm Zach B. Zach Badger House. <laughs> and today, what is it? Wednesday, June 16th, uh, was an insane day in the NBA. There was a lot of news, a lot of coaching firings, a lot of injury news. LeBron is out here tweeting at the NBA. So we figured we might as well come out. We might as well start recording because basically a lot of the stuff that we said on Monday's episode doesn't really matter a whole lot anymore because everything has changed so dramatically in the last 48 hours since we last recorded, Zach. So we figured emergency episode, we might as well get everyone caught up and we might as well talk about some of the insane stuff that happened today. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to really get into, right, from coaches being uh, let go or parting ways and new information regarding players in the playoffs and uh, whether or not they're going to be available. So, yeah, a ton to get into. Let's jump right into it. Uh, let's let's start with the injuries because the injuries were some of the bigger pressing news that's relevant right now. Um, mm-hmm. And you know you can lump, we we can talk about Kawhi, we can talk about Mike Conley, the Chris Paul situation not really an injury um, because that has to do with COVID and apparently he's having a COVID issue because he's on the health and protocol list. But we can start with Kawhi because the news came out uh, from our own Shams that. I think, you know, this morning he tweeted out, he talked about how Kawhi has suffered a right knee sprain. Mm -hmm. He's out indefinitely. So he's not going to be playing tonight against the Jazz for the Clippers in game six. And what's happening now is an hour later, Shams tweeted out that the Clippers are fearing Kawhi Leonard suffered an ACL injury, which would be even worse than a sprain because he may be out for the next year if it was an ACL injury. So Zach, all in all, the guy that was really the only hope for the Clippers to get past this Jazz team, he is going to be out for probably the rest of the series and maybe even into next year as well, which leaves the Clippers really only superstar with Paul George. And who's, who's to say he returns in the Clippers uniform, right? Because he's a free agent this summer. So we may have very well seen the last of Kawhi Leonard in a Clippers uniform. You know, who who knows? But, I mean, that sucks, right? Like, yeah, because we want these teams to be at a high level, you know, to, to compete at a high level at, at the best way that they can have all their players to be available. But to see a superstar like Kawhi go down in a series where they were down uh, 2-0 and my man's right here talking about gentleman sweep, Ben Winstein <laughs> himself. Yeah. And then for the Clippers to come out and grab two games and at least go for it for it to be at least six now. Man, it's just tough, right? Because Kevin Kawhi Leonard is the reason. They're they're, they're even in this position to have the series tied 2-2 going into this game five. And so, you know, it's it's rough. I hate to really see it because now it's all on pandemic P, Paul George, and we don't know which Paul George we're going to get going into that no. game five. 
and with the Jazz playing it the way that they've played without Mike Conley, despite losing those two games, and they're at home with all those shooters, I feel bad for the Clippers right now. Yeah, it's rough. And and I said the Jazz were gonna were gonna win this in five most likely, and you know that didn't happen because of Kawhi Leonard and because of the way that he played. And and we saw Paul George play better. I mean, I I think that the playoff P, the pandemic P label might be a little too much. At okay. this point on it, because he has come out and, and, and he has had some good games. But even if he goes for 35 or or 30 points in a night against the Jazz, I just don't know if that's going to be enough mm-hmm. for the Clippers to beat the Jazz in, in game six or even in if when it goes game seven. Like it's it, something like that is not going to happen, unfortunately. I don't think I don't think Paul George can do it himself. He needs Kawhi there. And the level that Kawhi was playing, it was absurd. Yeah. Bucket, straight bucket, right? Shoot efficient, oh, yeah. three level right. score. Like it was every like he was giving you everything you asked for. The dunk of the playoffs, that was probably the best dunk of the playoffs. Him slamming all over Derek Favors, sending that man into yeah. retirement. So, you know, I, it's like I said, it's tough to see the claw go down like that. You know, a guy that's you know just works, right? Doesn't really say too much. Not really in the social media. He knows that. This is what's funny about Kawhi Leonard. When he dunked on Derek Favors, he used the reference web to describe the internet. <laughs> In regards, he won't be able to check out the reaction from everybody. You won't be able to see it on the web or on social media. He used the term the web. That's when you know there's no cat behind Kawhi Leonard's rap because he's seriously <laughs> saying he's not on the internet that much. No, he uh, that when someone uses I'm like I'm surfing the web. <laughs> I'm on the web. You know that guy has not been online since 2003. There, there is no way Kawhi has actually been on Twitter this whole time. It's It's been people running it for him. But, yeah, game – so game uh, five, excuse me, is tonight. And they're playing with a eight as an eight-point underdog at this point, I think, is where the line has moved to. The Clippers are plus eight. So, you know, that that line when they were at home was minus five for game four and game three. They were a five-point favorite. And now they're an eight-point underdog on the road without Kawhi. So it's it's tough. I mean, it's going to be an uphill battle for this Clippers team. If they can take a very crucial game five on the road, you know, that's really impressive without Kawhi. Um, but I, I would be shocked at this point, Zach, if this series goes seven. You would you would need it more for the Jazz to collapse at yeah. this point. Well, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well. Because yeah. the Clippers can play really well, but I, I think at this point without Kawhi and them relying on Paul George yeah. and not mm-hmm. and not having Serge Ibaka too, I mean, there's a there's a ceiling for how much this team can do. <laughs> it's going to give that it, <laughs> Yeah, that it, it's really the Jazz's series to lose at this point. At this point, exactly. I agree with that. Especially if, like, what? Reggie Jackson, what do you expect? Reggie Jackson to go get 25 or Luke Kennard to go get 25 points to go along PG, PG-13? Probably not. No, absolutely not. And so that was the big one of the big news this morning. And then it came out that Chris Paul most likely has COVID. He has been vaccinated, according to Jalen Rose. And Jalen Rose said he was vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That could mean he doesn't have to be in the protocol for 14 days and miss two weeks of potential games. That's good. But that's it just, again, when you say it sucks for Kawhi, this just sucks for Chris Paul. I mean, the guy is in the Western Conference Finals. He's this close to being able to make it to the finals, and he gets hit with COVID. Now, hopefully and luckily, it seems like he is back. So it should be 
bit of a shorter rest period for him to be able to come back. But the way people are talking, it seems like game one, he's going to be out for sure. Whoever they play, whether it be the Clippers or the Jazz, uh, he's going to probably be out game one. (laughs) Cameron Payne is going to have to step up if Chris Paul is going to be out. So you can expect the all-star type performance in game one (laughs) from Cameron Payne. You heard it here first from Zach Badgerhouse. If Chris Paul's out, you can expect a stellar performance from Cameron Payne, and they're going to be getting a boogie on in the locker room here with DeAndre Aiden once again. <laughs> and whoever they play, whether it's the Clippers or the Jazz, they're going to win game one of that Western Conference final game. All right, so slam the the Cameron Payne points, rebounds, assist over, slam the points over. Take the uh, team total over for the Suns because Cameron Payne's going for 35, and that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. But I, I truly hope Chris Paul stays healthy during this, and I hope he's yeah. able to come back. Hopefully he misses one game at the most. You know, maybe he won't even have to miss a game. They said they're reevaluating him on Saturday, and this, this Jazz Clippers series is going to go at the very least two more games. So they would be playing. Uh, they would be playing tonight, and then Game Six would be on Friday night, which means I'm not sure when Game One of the Western Conference Finals would be. If the series is over by Friday night, it might be Sunday. It'll probably be Monday, closer to Monday mm-hmm. or Tuesday. Um, so that may give him enough time if they reevaluate him on Saturday and he is vaccinated and he starts testing negative, he may be back and and be able to play in Game One. But it's very clear, Zach, that the Suns are not the same team without Chris Paul. And if they want to get to the finals, Chris Paul needs to be on that team. Point guy got to be the reason. Okay. I tell everybody, everybody wants to sit there and say Devin Booker or even DeAndre Aiden, which, you know, I love DeAndre Aiden, his game. So that's fine. You can mention him. But he was on the team last year, too. Devin Booker was on the team last year, too. CP3 was not on that team last year. Yes, they did go 8-0. So did they create a lot of momentum going into this season? Sure. But it doesn't get done without CP3. I don't care what anyone no. says. Like, I'm and you could once again, <laughs> and, and especially watching those games where he went out for you know half a quarter because of the shoulder injury. Exactly. The offense just didn't look the same. It, yeah. it it looked discombobulated. They didn't really know who to go to. There wasn't as much flow to the offense. So they obviously need Chris Paul on this team. And it's you know this is a guy people have been wanting to win a title for so long, and they want yes. him to get the rings. And this is most likely the best chance he'll have to be able to do this with the way this team is, is constructed in and, and the path that they can take, because, you know, people have been watching the Suns a lot more in the playoffs and a lot of them are thinking they can beat the jazz. And, you know, I, I was can. very high. On the, I, I Listen, I was high on the jazz and you know me, you know how high I was on the jazz. I thought they Rio were going to, to win in five, <laughs> but, but I will say they have looked a bit beatable. And if Donovan Mitchell is not going to be hundred percent, and Mike Conley is not going to be able to come back for the Western Conference Finals. This is a very beatable team. And the Suns are so good and so team-oriented and so good at moving the ball on offense that I think they can make the finals. And I don't think that's out of the question for them to be able to do it, even if they do play the Jazz. Well, for me, Ben, at this point now, if Kawhi is not going to return, okay, Utah Jazz probably will advance, right? So the Phoenix Suns, the matchup that I want, and I want him to return so bad. Let me zoom in on the camera. Let me get real close. I want him to return so bad. <laughs> Mike Conley Jr., I need you to come back. I want you to come back. You have to be healthy. 
I want Chris Paul to come back. I want that matchup. My friends know I want that matchup. If we can't get the Clippers to go, because, you know, I believe that in hindsight, the Clippers will be able to beat the Suns in advance to the finals. And I think the Nets would advance to the finals. And that I think that matchup will be the best matchup available for the NBA finals with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard alongside versus either Kawhi, I mean, uh, KD, excuse me, and uh, Kyrie Irving. I think that will be the best matchup available for the NBA Finals. However, Mike Conley Jr. versus Chris Paul, I need it, man. I need it. Just to prove a point. Like, we out here to prove a point that Mike Conley can't lace up Chris Paul's shoes, okay? <laughs> You would have all of your points be proven in that scenario. <laughs> you would, you would be, you could uh, brag to everyone about how crazy you were. And they know who they are who are listening to the podcast. They know who they are who just love Mike Conley and chooses Mike Conley over point God Chris Paul. But it's okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll we'll hope he gets healthy because it would be a very fun series if everyone mm-hmm. could be healthy. Which brings us to the next thing that happened today on the long list of things. And this afternoon, LeBron got on the old Twitter.com and <laughs> started uh, smack talking the NBA. He, he started tweeting <laughs> yeah, at the NBA and basically telling everyone, I told you so. And he talked about this before the season started, about how short of an offseason it was and how quickly the, the league went from the bubble all the way to the new season. It was only, what, three months at most for a lot of guys. And for the people who made the finals and the teams that were playing in the playoffs, it was a little bit less. And he talked about it. And he said, you know, you got eight or nine all-stars possibly missing from the playoffs. Fans are not going to like it as much. Fans are not going to watch as much, especially when you see Kawhi out, you see Mike Conley out, you may see Chris Paul out, maybe Donovan Mitchell with his injury history and his struggles. Mm -hmm. Luka Doncic has been hurt in these playoffs. There's a whole, whole laundry list of guys who have Mm -hmm. missed time or who haven't been 100%, haven't been playing at their best as superstars this postseason. And Zach, you want to sit here and you want to say how much you agree with LeBron and how upset that he is and how he was talking about how insane it is that the NBA is almost responsible for some of these injuries. Look at the turnaround, right? The turnaround for the NBA season was not very long. Two and a half months at best. LeBron went all the way to the finals. Jimmy Butler and Miami Heat went all the way to the finals. The Denver Nuggets fought. And, well, they went seven-game series, I think, every step of the way in the playoffs. So they extended their playoff run tremendously alongside with all the other teams that were in the bubble, right? Boston Celtics, they did what they could in the bubble. Jalen Brown, he was out. I want to mention him too, because that was another player that wasn't available in the first round for that series for the Boston Celtics to even compete with the Nets, right? So you have that, obviously Harden. And all of these other players out here that are not healthy, you want the best product for the NBA, for the fans. And so you have to do it. You can't make it about money right away. And I think that's what the NBA did. They weren't trying to lose no more money in comparison to how they had to do the bubble. And so to try to turn back the season so fast, so vastly, and you look time come postseason, here we are in June where the playoffs and NBA finals should be wrapping up and we're in the thick teeth of the NBA playoffs right now. And that's because of the the quick turnaround of the NBA playoffs in the NBA season. And it's tough 
to see all these guys out, but they had to do something in fairness to the NBA, right? Yeah, and he and that's what LeBron said. He said these guys need more rest before the league started back up. And I, I think he has a valid point. And mm-hmm. maybe the NBA, if they wanted to start the season back up, maybe instead of making it 72 games, they could have made it 60 games. And they could have balanced it a little bit more. And I know the NBA Players Association and the NBA both agreed to everything that happened this season in terms of the game length, the back-to-backs, and everything like that. And players were allowed to rest, and they were allowed to load manage. But it seems that they probably should have done fewer games because we are seeing a lot more injuries than we're used to. And it's just not a good product for the NBA to be putting out all of these teams where these players are just going to be constantly hurt. You know, I want to watch a series that Kawhi plays and I want to see a series. I want to see Conley versus Chris Paul. That is something I want to watch. And I want both of those guys to be able to be healthy for something like that. So when you don't have, when you have your product, but the product isn't a hundred percent like people are expecting. And and it's not the product that is up to standards of what people expect from you at this point. At that point, you have to start questioning what's the point of it because you're going to lose people because of how bad that product is. Yeah. You're definitely going to lose interest, right? And like, no one's going to, going to care about a team with no Kawhi Leonard or No. no Paul George or like, if Donovan Mitchell goes down again, like no one's going to like care. Like you're going to lose interest. You're going to lose viewership and losing viewership means what you're going to lose money. So you're get, you're putting yourself in a position where it's a lose, lose scenario. You try to yeah. turn the season around super fast, all the players, all your main guys, the key po- important players to your, to your league is go- are going down vastly. Like every series a star player at that. We're not talking about PJ Tucker or, you know, Jeff Green or, you know what I'm saying? Like one of yeah, these, these other the players, like these are star players we're talking about. Like these aren't scrubs going down and we just keep playing. These are the guys that make this the last shot of the game that are most valuable to their team and they mean the most. And so to see con- these players constantly go down and, you know, the minor injuries become major. Like I have like the hamstring injury with James Harden is going to linger like, throughout the rest of the playoffs so at any given moment he could just be done for the year like done and that's due to the turnaround vastly with the nba season and lebron james was correct on that yeah 100 percent. and I, he has a great point about it and he's a guy who said i know i know about this because if it's something i know <laughs> it's LeBron. Know. <laughs> so he, he's got that going for him right he he has that behind him that allows him to be able to say stuff like that about knowing how much effort these guys put in and how much uh the line is and how little the line is between them getting hurt and them staying healthy so I don't know what the NBA is going to do. Hopefully this full off season for most people allows them to get better. It looks like next year there's going to be a normal season and it's going to start in mid to late October. So you gave guys maybe four months off. You know, most of the you have what four teams playing right now. You have four teams playing right now. Uh, and most of the rest of the league has time off. So, or excuse me, you have six teams playing right now, but most of the league has the time off. So it's not too bad for the rest of the league. But for these guys who, who are playing late in the season, going to the NBA finals, they're not going to get a ton of time to rest is, is going to be the big problem. That's true. All right. Let's talk some NBA coaching news because again, crazy day, lots of NBA coaching news happening. So Stan Van Gundy, he's out in new Orleans. 
What was he your has, reaction to that? He has when, you, when that came to your phone, what was your reaction to that? I was not surprised, honestly. Okay. I, I, I think people have been talking about it for so long, and it seemed like the players hadn't really been getting along with him very much, and he hadn't really been reaching the players that they wanted to. So it makes sense. It makes sense that at this point, he has to go. He wasn't really doing much. We saw Zion get better this this past season. He was a better player than he was the year before. That's but I, I don't know how much Lonzo got a ton better or Brandon Ingram. Um, I think there was a lot more room for Brandon Ingram to be a better player that he didn't really reach his potential. So he, he had his step back, you think? I, I don't think it was a step back, but I don't really think it was a huge step forward for Brandon okay. Ingram. Um, okay. I just I don't know how much of an impact, the positive impact that Van Gundy had on that team. And it seemed like it was the right thing to do. The players didn't seem to like him very much. There wasn't much aggressive positivity happening with that team. And the ceiling for that team should be higher. And they're probably going to get a better head coach that can work with younger players better, in my mind. Yeah. And, you know, I think they need to get a, a more younger coach, a more player oriented coach too down there in New Orleans. Someone that can relate to those young guys down there. Uh, not to say that Stan Van Gundy isn't a good coach. I don't think he just can coach in today's league in the way that it is today. I think he's a he's a little harder in which which that's not a knock on him. You know, that's just that just says what. That just goes about saying like how today's league is, you know, the league is a little softer, a little more player driven. It's all about the players. And so more so than the coach. And when you so when you see that, you look at it from that standpoint, you know, does Stan Van Gunny fit or did he fit in the first place? We thought he would because of the, they needed to improve defensively, but they need to find someone who's more defensive oriented and a younger coach that's more fitting for the players. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what New Orleans is able to do. This is going to be a very busy offseason for a lot of these teams. A lot of teams. Because right now, what, you have Portland, yep. you have Boston, you have New Orleans that all need new coaches. So far, you're going to have now the Washington Wizards because they let go of Scott Brooks. Um, today was when that news happened. So you have Stan Van Gundy and Scott Brooks all leaving their post today. The Orlando Magic has an opening. Uh, so that's a good amount of teams like five or six coaching carousels mm-hmm. happening. And you have the Indiana Pacers as well, as we talked about. Maybe David Fisdale was going there is our hope. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, Scott Brooks being let go is big, too, because that's a team that is on the cusp of, you know, they need a couple more players. But if they can get the right two, three players, they can be a really dangerous team with Russ and Bradley Beal and Rui Hachimura getting a little better towards the end of that season. I mean, there's a lot of good pieces in place for that team. Thomas Bryan, who was out with an injury at the end of the year, but he's still yes. a really solid yes. role player. So that the Wizards team, without a head coach, is, has jumped up on that list, along with the Pacers and the Trailblazers, as a team that needs a coach that can help them win now because they are prepared to win now. They're not in rebuild mode. They're not in sell mode. They're ready to win. That's so tough, Ben. Honestly, the Portland Trailblazer situation is so tough because it's like, what are you going to do, right? They're interviewing Mike D'Antoni. That's the wrong direction. I'm going to say it immediately. That's that's going in the wrong direction. What do they need, Ben? Defense. (laughs) And what does Mike D'Antoni lack? Defense. (laughs) So, like... They don't even need to go in that direction in terms of Mike D'Antoni. 
no matter what coach you bring in, they are in a win-now situation. However, I don't think the coach is all the way the problem. The roster is. You have the centerpiece already, Damian Lillard. They're in the West. C.J. McCollum, you my mans. That's not enough. On the wings, Mello, you know we love Mello on this podcast. Carmelo, we, we love you on this podcast. He's older, can't play defense the way that we may have hoped him to, you know, be able to do out there on the wing for the Blazers. And Robert Covington. Oh, my goodness. Listen, <laughs> he sucks, okay? <laughs> they try to tell me he's 3 and D. He doesn't shoot the three-point ball well. I've seen him get 17 for 17 out of Giannis <laughs> for a 46-point outing, and he was getting barbecued by Nikola Jokic as the man guarding him in the playoffs. And Nurkic couldn't do anything either. He had two left feet out there. And so when you see all of that from just that one series alone, it's a roster change that needs to be put in place. But you're in a situation where you kind of can't, right? Because if C.J. McCollum trade him, you're kind of in a rebuild mode because you can't reach, you can't trade C.J. McCollum and get better. How are you going to get better, right? You're going to get Bradley Bill? You can't. You're not going to be able to get him. So it's like you're in a – the Blazers are in a tough scenario, like, in terms of the coaching situation. In my eyes, the only teams where I know, like, the, the coaching is going to actually matter, Orlando, Indiana, and I would have to say the third team behind that is the Celtics. I would say the Celtics because even with the Wizards, right, the roster still needs to, they still need something with the roster, regardless of, you know, who's at the coaching position. The rosters needs to improve. And so I think that's where some of these teams need to look, look in, look in the direction for. The Wizards for sure, for sure need some more roster help. The Celtics could use a little bit more roster help, but the, the coach is going to make a big deal because of how young that team mm-hmm. is. And I think the same with the Pacers, because the Pacers, their roster is I don't want to say complete, but the the players that they're getting back next season. Yeah, you know. I mean that that starting lineup should theoretically be one of the top five starting lineups in the league, uh, with, with who you have if everyone's healthy, right? You have Brogdon, Lavert, T.J. Warren, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. I mean that is a hell of a lineup. You got, you got the irritant T.J. McCown coming yeah. off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> so it really in Indiana, it's going to be it's going to be major coaching decision because the coach is going to make a really big difference. And we saw Bjorken not be able to really do much with that team. He was trying too many things. He was trying to experiment on defense. It's just it was not a good look for that team. And that team could play so much better with the right direction. So if we're ranking teams that head coaching decisions are the most important. I think Orlando would probably be one or two because of how young that team is and because they still need obviously some roster moves, but they have a lot of really good young pieces that a coach could, could swerve them into the right direction. I would probably put Pacers as number one and magic is number two. And then, yeah, I mean, Boston or Portland, because Portland, if they play better defense with the same roster, (laughs) they might be even, they might be in the playoffs. They might still be. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That that one's definitely tough, but there are a lot of coaching openings, a lot of coaching openings happening this off season. So we're going to see a lot of different styled teams come next season, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Finally, Zach, the thing that the big thing that happened today that rounded everything out, 
is apparently LaMelo Ball is going to win Rookie of the Year, much to the chagrin of Anthony Edwards. And I know Carl Anthony Towns tweeted out that he was upset uh, about Anthony Edwards not being Rookie of the Year. But uh, from what everyone was expecting, and I think what people kind of knew even midway through the season, is LaMelo Ball is the Rookie of the Year. I want Anthony Edwards to win, I'll be honest. But I know there's that's a sticky that's a sticky situation with the with that award because when you look at it, LaMelo Ball missed some time. Anthony Edwards, I don't believe, missed that much time, if any, but they were terrible, right? Like they they were not good. The Timberwolves were not good. I don't know if they even won 20 games. On the other side, you got the Hornets. And you got LaMelo Ball coming back from injury and putting that team in the play-in situation, right? So when, you, so when you have that going for you as the rookie and you were kind of like the reason they were even in that position to begin with, when you have all that going for you, then I can understand why you won rookie of the year. And, and there's no knock really to Anthony Edwards, you know, but those are both two outstanding rookies who did an exceptional job this year. You had to just pick one, right? And they Yeah, chose. I mean, at this point, you can't really make the wrong decision. I don't think, especially with the time that LaMelo Ball missed this season and how fun Anthony Edwards was as a player. And I, and I think a big portion of the Rookie of the Year award should go to the rookie that's like the most fun. I don't think 100% that should be, but if the rookie is fun and actually plays pretty well, I think that's the really good criterion for for making rookie of the year. But it goes out to LaMelo Ball most likely and and he deserves it. Yes. Ball brother winning rookie of the year yet again. So, we'll see if he has a, a better hey, start to his career. LaVar <laughs> is killing it right now. He just chilling in the mansion, living his best life. I told you so. Yeah. He is. That's true. And, and LaMelo I think is destined to be a star in this league. He seems like oh. he has what it takes. Mm-hmm. He has the demeanor, the confidence, the swagger, you know, all of that. You know, I won't be surprised if he's not there. He's in a big city like the Big Apple. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that transpired from later down later down the road. So, buddy, that's it, right? This emergency that's episode. The- that's gonna do it for us. Make sure you check out the last episode because we still got some good stuff. We got some. We good do. Stuff. We do. I, I don't want to dis. I, yeah, yeah. We got some good stuff. <laughs> so make sure you check out both episodes this week of the Points in the Pain podcast. We appreciate you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe and you rate us. You give us those five stars. We really appreciate it. Make sure you follow Stadium on Twitter and make sure you follow them everywhere else: Facebook, Instagram, for all your sports content. Make sure you follow Shams for all your NBA news around the association. You want to make some money, top dollar cheese? You better pay attention to Sharp Lessons. I saw the episode yesterday. It was pretty good. I saw Rizzo and Alexis. You guys did a good job. I like that. Uh, And make sure Trash and Treasure with Eddie and Felder dropping every Thursday. Great content, exclusive interviews. And you'll hear from us if there's no more crazy news going around next week. (laughs) 